We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Clay, the running back hate has gone too far, and we're not even, you know, at the NFL draft yet. What is going to be, what is your overall running back philosophy in dynasty fantasy football? So I feel like it's it's becoming more mainstream that running backs are kind of a week-to-week proposition as opposed to like a seasonal or, you know, a couple of years. So I feel like that's kind of, I, I see it in practice a lot, even in more casual leagues. So my thoughts are like, all right, how do we, how do we play that? You know, what's, what's the next move? How do we leverage that fact? Or we're going to have to make some like format changes or something to juice up the running back scoring so that they're still relevant. Like I did that in the last startup, gave them like a couple extra bonuses here and there just to, just to even it out to, to stop the hatred. Yeah. So when, when there's hatred for running backs, it's not like, I mean, running backs still produce. I still believe that it's the running backs that win our leagues, but. You know, those those two guys that, you know, go for 25 in the championship week. It's sh- I mean, a couple of years ago, it was Austin Eckler and Saquon Barkley won somebody the three mil. Right. I mean, that's just how it works. It's just yeah. that there's either a perception or a reality that the shelf life is not as long as the wide receiver and that they get hurt more often. Right. I mean, that's where I think it's gone too far. And it really depends. Probably my philosophy on the year. I mean, there's the year that Kamara, uh, Joe Mixon, and Dalvin Cook were all young. It was like, hey, let's get those running backs early. Now that yeah, those guys sure. are all aged out, it's maybe let's go for the wide receivers. Yeah, I mean, I guess you saw a lot of Ty Chandler moved yesterday, right? But you see people posting like, hey, I, I moved Ty Chandler for like 302 or something like that. So there are just different ways to play it. I, I agree. I think that everybody deep down loves running backs. And I, I am I am one of those. Yes. Like I this year in my strategy with startups and stuff, I don't want to say this is universal. It's nice to be able to play in a bunch of leagues and you try this there, this there. But I'm all about if I have the assets, like let's say I have my 25 first and I just won the ship where I was, you know, went deep into the playoffs. I will throw that 25 first on top of a, a good piece. Like, can I get Christian McCaffrey for the 108 and my 25 first or something like that. Kind of disguising at 108 is kind of a bit of a tier there. And then I like to think my 25 first is going to be late. I'm all about buying some hammers, man. Even if they're running backs, but it's a short list, right, Alan? Yeah, it's a short list. 
Absolutely. Now you see hammers, and for those who are unfamiliar, those are your, you know, like blue chip players that really make a difference, right? And by the way, it's so funny. I, you know, I think about like you. I think about the podcast and the YouTube channel constantly. When I woke up this morning, I mean, I know you guys are leveraging clothing with your hammer uh, signature hammer thing, but like, right. have you guys even thought about like MC Hammer Hammer Time? Has any of this come into your purview of like how to sort of do yeah, it? Or yeah. Okay. So, so you have. You- yeah, we're we're definitely we're definitely leading into the hammer. First right. off, I've got it tattooed on my forearm here. Oh, okay, uh, I thought you were about to pull down your pants and show yeah, me you had it on your on your ass. With, along with process over players on my other yeah. forearm, I still need the five. But yeah, the hammer we're we're definitely going with it. Jake Anderson PGA Tour on Twitter. He's an awesome designer and designed the latest hammer. And um, yeah, so we do hammer streams now. We moved all super chats over to buymeacoffee.com slash trades and five. And yes, yeah, so we have hammer streams. We got one at 3 p.m. today, man. Yep. All right. Awesome. And um, but I'm saying MC Hammer. You were a fan of MC Hammer, right? I, I guess, you know, in terms of creative comments, Alan, with, yeah. with being able to use rights and, and stuff like that, I'm going to stay away from MC Hammer. I don't know why. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, but like these days with like the Twitterverse and stuff. Yeah, I would have to do some Googling to see if like there's any issues with him right now. You know, I kind of want to like stay in my lane. Right. OK, because I was thinking yeah. hammer time on a T-shirt with your signature yeah. hammer with MC Hammer on there. But it could be I don't know, maybe uh, copy the the album cover, but put football players. I, you know, th- this is how my mind we can on. we can have fun with it. Right. Yes. Get yes. in there and see what's speaking to you. All right, I'm here with Clay Mosley, Dynasty Trades in 5, Alan Soslowski, Rotowire. And we're talking running back rankings today, overall strategy. Uh, Clay, you said you've been in a couple startups this year. Yep. Um, is there, you know, everyone quote hates running backs, but are there a group of running backs in your uh, mind that still deserve to be treated like long term, longer term assets, uh, and taken at the beginning of dynasty startup drafts is, is it one player? Is it zero players? Who are going to be those top of the ranking, uh, running backs for you? So I never end up walking out with stuck, uh, startups with running backs, I don't I don't draft them where they go in startups. I, I like to address that, whether it's with picks or, or buying bets later on or just towards the end of the startup, taking a bunch of cans as we as we call them, to take a bunch of backup running backs and quarterbacks Trash just cans. have a shot. Yeah, because I spend a random third year in there and in, in the final week to buy a spot start or two weeks before to buy Ty Chandler, as I mentioned before, but. Yeah, in terms of running backs, again, there's the hatred, but I try to find ones that have some insulation. I think Kyron Williams, for example, he's kind of attainable. He's pretty pricey, and I'm charging a lot for my Kyron, but I feel like he's going to have a, t- a little bit of insulation, even if he naturally regresses a bit. So he's a cheaper option. Gibbs is going to have insulation with all positions whether it's running back or the other ones i always want to make sure i'm drafting liquidity the first thing i think about is resale before i before i even send an offer all right will i be able to move this if i'm in a pitch can i split this asset so right but let me ask you this you know and and i i hear you right you don't want to be stuck with you know with, with something on your roster that it goes to zero right you don't want to be holding bitcoin or or well, actually that's a bad example now right uh, you don't want to be holding yeah. uh, some sort of crypto that just goes to zero and nobody wants it but um I, i've heard you know this philosophy uh, bandied about like if you're 
what's the difference of the price? You know what it was? It was Jordan McNamara that said, he said, what's the difference of the price of your house? What do you care about price fluctuations if you're just going to live in that house? Who cares if you're, if you have DeAndre Hopkins on your roster and he said, or Mike Evans and they're just producing, producing, producing. And I know those are wide receivers. You're never going to want to sell them anyway. What's the, is there something about running backs that you just don't like to do that with? So I guess Derrick Henry for the last few years, right? He, he hasn't had much resale value, but even this year, you could probably, Tell give somebody a two point three yeah. in your rookie draft. They'll give them to you in two seconds. Yeah, it's again just always playing off of league economy and the market. Everybody wants a, a young wide receiver. Everybody wants to, and people are like, "Yeah, you can get yourself a CD Lamb, and you know why would you trade him? You could have him on your team for eight years." It's like, all right, is your league going to last that long? And my players aren't even given a locker room when I trade for them. You know, it's like, hey, you. There's a there's a little period here where you may be moved. There there may have been a plan for you, but it's just yeah. playing the market, man. Young wide receivers, I feel like um, young tight ends, obviously because of the performances from the rooks this year, they have some insulation. Like Bowers is is only climbing. Did, did he have some? There was something on Twitter yesterday about how he couldn't even name like his favorite route or something. But whatever. Right. I, I, I try to tune out the combine, man. It matters so little. I mean, we're yeah. seeing today, we're seeing how much leverage the players have, the elite players in those drafts, not even showing up. And again, I'm all for it. Why do you need an agent if your rookie contract is already basically, you know, laid out for you? Uh, so, yeah, no, you're bringing up some really interesting points. So I just want to, you know, I'm helping contribute to the dynasty rankings over at Rotowire, which, by the way, right now you can go see on rotowire.com okay. forward slash pod free, free two days. But, so help me out here. Top, who's going to be your top five running backs in order? How you're ranking him? Is Bijan your number one? Is Brees Hall? I mean, give yeah. me the ranking. And again, I know you're not taking these guys at cost, but yeah. let's say I'm I'm I didn't bring you on this podcast because I like talking to you, which I do. I need help with my rankings. Uh, you know, I'm gonna uh, you know get the free labor out of you, Clay. And, and you know what's funny is like when when rankings and stuff. I'm thinking about players. I, I don't think about the players themselves. So it's like, man, I should pull up a rankings list. Like who's top five, but let's just roll with it. You can feed me the obvious names. Yeah. Number, number one for me, I'm going to say Brees Hall. I'm going to say Brees Hall. Yeah, that's right. Number two. Wait, hold on. Let's, so let's go there. Yeah. yeah. Why, why is Brees Hall? I mean, you, I know you had to think about it for a second, but is there something about Brees? Give me, you know, even if it's the obvious check marks here, why is he, you know, you didn't even you, you yeah, struggle yeah. too long. Why is he the obvious one? Because I haven't won as well. So I'm a, I'm a Horns fan, first off. So, you know. <laughs> Very I good reason. Try, I, always try, I always try to, you know, diversify against my fandom. Yeah. But um, I, I guess I just, I trust the overall offense and all over there. There's just lots of weapons. There's lots of opportunity, excitement behind that team. Now, if the QB situation with some like, exciting stuff happens over in Atlanta, different story. Because Bijan's a horse too, right? Yeah. Same tier. Same tier. If I can get a plus on either side, done. Bye bye. You know, yeah. third. Bye. Yeah, I mean, you're not gonna. Those guys aren't gonna be traded, right? Like, there's certain. I haven't seen any uh, Brees Hall trades this season, right? You can trade Brees Hall when he's injured or he's not producing, yeah. but I mean, he finishes. It, he he would have been the 101 in redraft last year, Brees Hall, had he not been hurt the previous year, right? Or certainly in contention for it, depending yeah. on you know what you felt about wide receivers in redraft, but. For me, um, for Clay, I, I'm right there with you. It's Bijan, it's Bijan, Brees Hall. They have the youth. They have, you know, this uh, this three at least three year window, right? I mean, that's when you get three years out of a 22 year old running back. I mean, that that's like a hundred years in in QB, yeah, right. QB world. 
And then it really starts to get interesting in dynasty fantasy football because obviously Christian McCaffrey is going to be the first running back in redraft, but where do you put an almost 28-year-old running back in your dynasty? So where is McCaffrey amongst the elite running backs, and is it a clear tier break for you when you're when dynasty players want to know uh, which running backs to acquire? I, you know, when, when I think about it, and yes, it's very close. I could flip-flop on these two players um, you know, after a cup of coffee or something, but <laughs> I'd say CMC and then Gibbs for me. So I'd go Brees, Bijan, CMC, Gibbs. Yeah. I think just because, you know, CMC, if I can require, acquire him, excuse me, at decent value, I don't care if he might break down. Give me, give me 10 games of Christian McCaffrey. I'll, I'll figure out the other ones. Give me this guy who's going to drop a 35 burger on you. Yeah. Right. And and Gibbs Gibbs can eat yards too, right? He he could be the Christian McCaffrey for, for a bunch of years. Love Gibbs. But I don't know, man. Just give me give me the hammer. Give me the hammer and I'll figure it out. I'll build around that. You you know what Christian McCaffrey reminds me at at twenty seven years old, going to a twenty eight, it's like what we thought about Travis Kelsey two and a half years ago, right? Oh, he's getting old. But meanwhile, this guy is a weak winner. And I often, right, we often hear uh, dynasty advice. And by the way, I give this same advice sometimes. Like, are you a contender? Can you win it all? Or are you you just rebuilding, right? It's okay to be like the five seed and just get, I mean, all you need to do is win three games at that point, right? Get in the playoffs. So I guess that's really that leads up to my yeah. next question for you. Are you a, hey, if you're not the, the best team in the league, you're rebuilding or just get in and win, get lucky? It's, I, I guess... Obviously, let, let's say it's not a startup. Let's say it's not a startup. Definitely just, obviously, you'd, you'd like to have the ballads where you've got young and young and old, like productive young, productive old. But I guess Scott has got me looking more to it. And, and I, think it's, I think it's valid because there's a lot of analytics involved, but roster construction, just making sure the construction's on point. And then what does that I, mean by on point? Explain what proper yeah, roster construction actually means. Yeah, so our our lens that we always talk about, kind of our default, is a 12-team super flex PPR with a 1.75 tight end premium and start 10. So what start 10 means, that's not including kicker and defense. Okay, so that's how many you start each week. That's considered kind of mid-ground-ish in terms of depth. When we say start 9, start 8, those are super shallow. That's where you consolidate. You don't care about about this depth and like the roster construction is much tighter. Mm-hmm. You just, you just want hammers. Like basically you don't worry as much about roster construction. You can take more risks because right. you can get out of a rebuild more quickly when you're starting that few. So there's that side, but then start 11 deeper formats. That's where you're really looking at construction. Uh, how many running backs can you start? Is there a point per carry? It's, all based on format and again like the liquidity does the market like this player okay like flip this asset right and you know sometimes we get spoiled because we're playing you know in in, in dozens of dynasty leagues with sit with similar players like there's like you know i'll go into a, a new dynasty league and like seven of the guys are guys i played with other leagues but there's where i get a lot of questions uh about you know market values that we don't see in, in other leagues because I'm like, oh, wow, there is another world out there where people are viewing players and roster construction and trades just so differently. And I, I think that's why, like, you know, we don't want to get caught in our own bubble. So yeah. back so back to our, our running back part of the discussion here, I, I'm seeing 
like tier one, like like the true guys that could finish as RB one overall as a tier six. Okay, so we talked about okay. Bijan, we talked about Brees Hall. I think we agree Gibbs and McCaffrey are in there for very different reasons. But the next is like there's there's a little bit of skepticism about a 25 year old Jonathan Taylor who I believe belongs yeah. in that t- tier as well. He's already finished as the RB one. What do you think is the proper valuation ranking of Jonathan Taylor? And it because my initial um, impression is he's he, there's there's some market skepticism about Taylor, even though he's already done. Yeah, it. yeah, and I, I I will say, and and this is probably something that we'll have to do on Dynasty Trades in Five, a, a refresher, kind of a touch base, State of the Union on Jonathan Taylor's value. But I mean, he could be the RB one overall. Right, I mean, he's already he's, done it. Already done it. Exactly. He's a horse. It it comes down to the offense, I think. Right, Anthony Richardson staying healthy. I guess Minshew can do his thing, but yeah, if if JT's head is in it and he's and he's healthy right now, and just yeah, I mean he could he could smash. So he's very much in in that chair. I'd I'd say give me him one behind Gibbs, and then I'm looking at KTC right now. Looks like he's yeah number what is it. I don't even know how to read this. Yeah, they have Taylor as as a top five guy. It really comes down to like... Right, yeah. If you look at someone like Achan, right? This is the perfect like dynasty discussion right here, right? Because uh, Devon Achan, 22 years old, we talk about couldn't stay healthy. I mean, obviously when he played, he was a difference maker, hammer, right? I mean, that's... So that's really like... To me, these guys aren't even in the same universe as far as like you... If you're drafting running back where you have to take some of these top 10 guys, you're probably only taking one, right? You can't have that one have elevated injury risk. That's why I'm saying Taylor's so undervalued here because, yes, he has gotten hurt, but he's armed with the fresh new contracts. You know, he's basically insulated for a couple of years. And you said at the top of the podcast, Clay, running backs are like a year-to-year mercenary thing. But if we can get two guaranteed, probably three in Taylor's case, man, there's a little extra value in that. Yeah, I just don't. I just want to make sure that I'm not paying for the future. Mm. I don't want to pay for f- future production right now. That's that's essentially the thing. So if I if I can get value on the realistic kind of I guess landscape of running backs where they're you know week to week or a few games to few games proposition, I don't want to be paying for the future. But yes, yeah, no, I, okay, cool. So I just want to skip back up to the top where we're talking about Brees Hall. And is is Brees and Bijan, forget Gibbs for a second, are they just in a different class because of what the upside really is? Like, you're going to actually be making decisions between them and wide receivers. Like, I was on the clock in a recent startup, and I had to decide between um, uh, Brees Hall, who we both agree is our number one overall running back, and taking Garrett Wilson. Now, knowing the wide receiver thirst, I mean, if you're on the clock, wide receiver versus running back, what are you going to do here? What'd you do in the first two rounds? This is all, oh, I took a quarterback in a super flex. So this is round two. Okay. This is late round this two. This is round two. Okay. Yeah. You see, that's, that's a get. I, I never, we don't like to pick in those, the first person in a tier. And yeah, we, we have Breeze number one, but we don't, we don't want to take the first person. We'll, we'll trade up to take the last if necessary. But yeah, that tier is so small though. You know, it's so yeah, small. yeah. So it just comes down to how you want to construct. If you want to have like an anchor running back, you want to mm-hmm. go that that build again. As long as the format makes sense, 
Scott would immediately look at the war and then see see how that breaks down. But yeah, if you if you want to build like that, then just just plan for it yep. as much as you can. Right, the startups are are fluid. Yes, I mean, but who now? You were always talking about resale value, right? Wouldn't you think that Brees five games into the season is probably going to have more resale value than uh, Garrett Wilson? Doesn't that? I yeah. guess really what again? It's short term though. Yep. Right with running backs, everything is short term. So if I'm paying for a year, I I'm well paying for a year is fine, but you get the idea. I covered that. Uh huh. But I guess really where I'm trying, where I'm I'm trying to convey to the audience is that generally yes, right, short term running back. But are Brees and Bijan do they defy that? Are they actually long term because of you know they're yeah. with Brees is heading into year three. It's really year two because he missed you know, most of, most of, uh, the year. Um, so should we, and the answer could be no clay, but are there any, and maybe even Gibbs is in that, uh, tier. Well, do they have a little bit more shelf life that are comparable to the wide receivers? And if the league's going to give them, give those type of players to you in round three, early round three, late round two, should, is that why to go against, uh, you know, how we normally think about these guys? Yeah, no, I, I think so. As long as there's not a, another ACL or something in in Brees's yeah. case, like and like provided there's not provided there's not an injury because then they're they're in big trouble. But yeah, even if I mean, if you watch Brees, part of the reason why he's number one for me just the eyeball test, and, and I'm going to do a lot more with second rounds, um, you know, draft picks in 24, looking at using like the film rooms, like Dynasty Nerds to really look at these guys. Eyeball test, I think, is important. So. Make sure you keep me on track if I keep off. But yeah, like Brees, Brees just eyeball test wise, I think that gives him a little bit of insulation and just again, how he can throw a 30 burger up there. I remember there was some crazy game. Oh yeah, it was against my commanders. He like 18 receptions or something bonkers. Um, So those players that can put up crooked stats, as Shane always says, but I'm just looking at the rankings here, and in terms of uh, having some resale, again, assuming no injuries, Bijan, Brees, Gibbs. And A-Chan is, A-Chan's on that line. Yep. He's kind of like, he's kind of like CMC, where just give me 11 games of A-Chan, where I know he's going to play. You know, he's active. It's not one of these game time decision things. And, and that's fine. He'll still hold some value again, as long as he doesn't have a big injury. Very your league mileage may vary, right? Yep. It, I've, I've got some leagues where nobody wants a damn running back, but other ones where like, yeah, I'll talk, to, I'll talk to you what you got, you know, I'll throw three first. Yeah. Nobody wants a running back because you guys are out there hammering the philosophy, the three of you <laughs> that don't touch any running backs. And then our, our friends at South Armin, same thing uh, out there uh, influencing the market, the teams where I've won the last couple of years. Now they're ugly looking rosters right now. And they're about to crumble into the, you know, to the abyss, but they're loaded up, but you know it's one of those things where I'm starting four, you know, old school hammer running backs. I have the Derrick Henry, Barkley, Kamara, and another yeah. guy, you know, and I'm getting by on the Chris Godwin types, the Keenan Allen, who I got lucky with last year. No one expected that, so I think that the the anti running back sentiment, Clay, actually, other than those couple guys who I who I believe Bijan Brees, maybe Gibbs, um, can be treated as longer term assets that this is really the year to wait on running backs because you're going to get a lot of these one-year wonders, you know, the Derrick Henrys, Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley, who could have, you know, even Tony Pollard, if he ends up in a good spot, 
there, there's Alvin Kamara is going to be, you know, extreme value. Do you know um, Pacheco is yeah. I, I like Pacheco. Rashad White is he again is probably a dynasty trades in five video just because he's, he's kind of a question mark for me. Can there's a whole tier here that I don't want to be anywhere near Alan. So like I'm looking at ETN. I'm looking at ETN as RB8, Ken Walker, you know, what's, Saquon. What's wrong with ETN, though? Why don't you like... He was like a guy that got you, that pushed you single-handedly into the playoffs. Now, he did tail off at the end, but I... And again, I'm not well, challenging... He this, had but- that one matchup. He was... He had a couple... He had a couple games, and I was actually DMing with you. I had a tough decision. I think it was Pacheco versus ETN. Mm. And you were like, go ETN, because they were playing like Carolina or some, some cupcake thing, right? Was it? I, what, did I get it right? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> Pacheco had a good game too, but yeah, no, there was like a good six or seven points right, or something. Good. Yeah. So, but with him, I think Alan, I just I don't see him move, so I don't have a huge understanding on his market, and I don't have enough of a take to where I think I just need to watch him play more. Mm-hmm. I think I need to be more player with him because I have no data in terms of process right now. All right, we're going to take a short break here for the listening audience. YouTube audience, stay with us. When we come back, we're going to talk about some of the dicier running backs that we're trying to rank that are inside the top 15, top 20. Guys like Tajay Spears, Javante Williams, uh, even Tony Pollard, who's a free agent. So that and a whole lot more. Stick with us to this short break. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And we're back. I'm Alan Soslowski, RotoWire.com. This is the RotoWire Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm here with Clay Mosley from Dynasty Trades and Five. Uh, you know, for those who may not know you, Clay, um, I just want to strongly advise that I think you put together a pretty cool YouTube channel, pretty cool, and I put that in uh, kind of air quotes as a joke. Um, it's innovative where you do, what's the elevator pitch? If somebody, if you were explaining this to my grandmother, what's the, and she's into dynasty fantasy football, what's the reason that she should go and check out your channel on YouTube, dynasty trades and thought? I think it's more so if, if we can get you to think about strategy and roster construction, more of the process behind it, not the players, then it's a W for us. Just, just to get you to think, just to get you to think. And also we'd like to think we're teaching people how to fish we're not just saying oh buy this player um we're, we're telling you okay if you're, how to if fish. you're buying him yeah exactly like if you're buying him what are you what are you paying how, how many starters 
I think that's another thing too, is the, how we really look at format. I think it's opening eyes to the fact, like, is this player even relevant? Like, why are we even messing with Darnell Mooney in a start nine? So I just say we're, we're real. We're, we're not gonna, nothing against it. Again, I've said this before to you, Alan, I appreciate and respect all content creators, but we will never go to buy, sell and stuff like that. That's not our lane. That's not how we play. We're in the trenches with our subscribers. And yeah, man, it's it's a lot of fun though. It's yep. it's it's a hell of a time when you have a bunch of people. Hammers is becoming a word and you got four hundred people that somehow or some for some reason are watching us on streams too on yeah. Tuesday nights. So, well the the easy easy answer for that is you guys, um, you and your broadcast partners are are passionate about dynasty fantasy football. You care about the nuances, and you're always looking for edges. So, um, you know, the it's pl- dynasty players who watch your stream are getting uh, more informed, and and honestly, they're they're gaining an edge over their their league mates. All right, so let's Thank continue you. on, uh, Clay. And then, by the way, also, Clay, you and I share a passion for content creation, yeah. social media. So, I want to save some time at the end, also, yeah. for anyone out there that's ever thought about starting a fantasy football podcast or is already doing one and wants to look away, give it a little jet fuel, stay tuned to the end. We're going to talk about that for you know at least a good segment or two. All right, so after you get out of the uh, elite tier, you're not shopping there. You're taking your quarterbacks, maybe an elite tight end if one falls to you, uh, and certainly your wide receivers. You're going to be looking at running backs that all have warts on them, right? It's guys that are just not clear-cut. They're year-to-year proposition, so let's talk about them. Um Guys that fall in the top 20 that I'm not comfortable if they're my number one running back, Clay, let's start with Ramondre Stevenson. What do you mm-hmm. think is the right valuation for him? Is he somebody that, you know, the market's not as heavy on right now that you should try to be acquiring and you see a good year for him on the New England Patriots? I, I don't want to touch Ramondre. If if I'm wrong on him, that's fine. Eyeball test wise, I, I did kind of, I did kind of like him. So this is kind of a cop out answer in a way, but. I want to have some exposure to him for sure. But what am I paying now? Like his market stinks. Like people, people don't want him. So if you want to sell low and just get out and go for it. But I mean, would you give the two would you give pro- four for him now? Forget picks. What if someone needs a wide receiver like Chris Godwin? W- would you do that trade? Would you give up Chris Godwin for Ramadre if you needed a running back? Are you asking for a brand, Alan? Ah, yeah, I told you. This, this is a very... Very selfish podcast. Very selfish podcast. No, I only do. I, I, think, I think that's a fair. I think that's a fair pivot. Uh, I think that's yeah. That's great if if it makes sense for your roster. Okay. All right. So you said you're not going to be shopping in these tiers. Who are some of the running backs in that top twenty that you're comfortable? With? I mean, Tajay Spears, who we all agree has a lot of upside, but man, is he a scary pick if you have to take him at ADP? Or you know, someone like David Montgomery, who probably is the perception of more of a floor play. Where do you think that if in this wide receiver crazy world, where's the right area to shop startup wise or even in an existing league? Say I don't have any running backs. I mean, you know, the guys are retiring or just losing value that I, you know, where's the right area and the right value to acquire these running backs, Clay? Yeah, because it does get gross. It does get gross at a point. Like when you get down and some of it's production, some of it's just, you know, whether you want them, second contract people. But I don't, I don't like to be down in the Kendra Miller uh, world to mix in like Aaron Jones. I don't want to be there. So where do I attack above that? Again, I've just got KTC pulled up because all yeah. the cool kids are doing it. 
Uh, but yeah, like if I can get B Robs and all, if if it's especially if it's a point for carry, just get him as like a Brian Robinson or, on the Commanders. Yeah, Brian yeah. Robinson from the Commanders. Good with you know if if Josh Jake, Jacobs is cheap, then fine. I don't want to wait too long. I also do like uh, Jalen Warren. Mm. Like he's the type I I used to live off of the uh, Tony Pollard back when he was he was the secondary player. You could always sell him for a second and you could always get him for a second but he was like you build around that kind of construction or kareem hunt when he was on the browns so that's kind of how i like to play it but but again alan we talked about it earlier if it makes sense if i have the assets uh have some excess i'll buy i'll buy one of these hammers and then i'll mess around in aaron jonesville chubville stuff like that chubville is a place i want to be right yeah um (laughs) So you uh, actually bring up Nick Chubb. He's on my list of players to talk to you about. Um, and again, this comes into a strategy discussion as well. Nick Chubb, by some accounts, may end up actually on the uh, pup list, like may not even start the year. Is Because uh, people are asking about Chubb, right? They're like, what's his value? What can I get for him? You know, people are going to want to get up into the rookie drafts. Is Is Chubb a player that you sell now just to get off him? Or is Nick Chubb... Who, by the way, he's, he's a top five, top six-ish running back when he's on the field yeah. producing, right? Or is is Chubb somebody that you should um, wait to buy until you get the announcement he's missing the first six games of the season? Like, how how should the yeah. market play Chubb? Yeah, I mean, what what can you get him for? Like, would you want to spend uh, a third on him? I mean, you're not getting him that cheap. You're not getting yeah. it. Uh, I, I guess I don't know. Again, I haven't seen him moved. The, the smart folks... Or again, this depends on the the format and how many bench spots you have, roster sizes. But we're just getting him kind of tossed in. You know, he's hiding down there on IR, just getting him kind of tossed in. But I, I'm not, I'm not buying him. I'm not. I love me some Nick Chubb. He's probably my favorite running back to watch. I, I mean, he is talk about the best pure runner, and I'm rooting for him. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm not actively going out and buying him. He's, I, I guess. Alan, what if you buy him in week week three or something or week four? Well, you have to buy him a couple games before he might get back. But let me ask you a couple yeah. either ors then. All right. So right. if um if um if you have Nick Chubb on your roster, you don't see him yeah. in a because I I think that Nick Chubb could be one of the difference makers in your fantasy like season. It. Yeah, this is this is like why, the why I love this conversation, and I can't find anybody to agree with me yet. So far, except for Jim Coventry, my broadcast partner on on Sirius, he agrees here. But what if um. I'm gum to you, Clay, and and you have Nick Chubb. You're looking awful, and I offer you Devin Singletary or Chuba Hubbard, either one of those guys. You could pick. Would you take one of those guys and give me Chubb? Mm-hmm. That's that's a good one. That's a good one. So, I mean, I guess if it's a if it's a full PPR, I might take I might take Singletary. Okay, so you wouldn't give him up for it. You're you're gonna hold on. You have Singletary there has and to be a leverage piece on yeah. one side. Oh, you would. There. Right, there right, has right. To be a plus. You know, well, so then you do value more than a third because those guys to me are thirds, right? And if you're saying a plus on top, see, this is why we we have these conversations here. I mean, a third is like a Tyler Algier level player at this point, right? Like a backup plus, a backup that's going to get six, eight carries. That's my uh, my point here is okay, is that Chubb has depressed market value, but I think you and I both see that he could be a at least a eight game difference yeah. maker. 
in a lineup. And it's ugly. Nobody wants him. He's 28-year-old. He's injured, horrible injury last year. He's always been undervalued, boring pick as it is, Clay. Yeah. Yeah. And in terms of in terms of his value, like I'm not worried about cleaning up what, what I said is more so for the listeners, but it's the fact that I wouldn't make a trade like that. I wouldn't move from Chubb to Singletary. So regardless of which side I'm on, there would have to be a plus to incentivize me to do it. Right. Right. Otherwise it's it's not going to be a trade or I just do it cross positionally. But apologies, Alan. Team team me back up. Um, meaning what? Oh, about the uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Question. No, you answered the question. There's no teeing back up. Oh, that's it. That's oh. it. Whereas uh, I went backwards a little bit. All right. No, dude, you understand over here. We're we're. It's all about <laughs> tangents. We we. You know, <laughs> I'm that's a hosting, Alan. Like, yeah, I, I was gonna say. So, how does it feel to be in the passenger seat? Just come in, just talk some smack. Let me drive the car. You 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 um you know you do a great job hosting. You and I share a passion for hosting. Right? There is an art to it, obviously. Well, um. But does it feel good or does it feel a little uncomfortable to be in the uh, passenger seat? It it feels it feels good. Yeah, yeah, it feels good. I, I just I like being live. I I found that I kind of stink on video sometimes. Shane and, and Scott can attest to that, you know, unrecorded stuff. But I, I like it, man. Part of it because I don't have to make a thumbnail for this one. Ah. Flame <laughs> will answer muted. It, it, he'll be okay. Yeah, it's uh, that was fun the other day. Right. Well, that so we kind of we just for anyone we'll listening to that on the content creation side yeah. of uh, side of the conversation. Yeah. For anyone listening on the audio podcast, we had a troll comment from a friend of this podcast, <laughs> our friend Anthony, that was um, goofing on Clay because he did a podcast on mute. Right. So you had to be a lip yeah. reader to get it. It was great content. If you could only hear it, it was just watching Clay. And I think it was, oh. it was fascinating TV. So like, don't worry about Listen. You got to make those kind of mistakes. The next one, out of the next one, right? That's right. Oh, you know what? That that leads me into um, one of the content creation questions I had for you. I guess we'll get it a little early before we finish up our running back conversation. Do you agree with um, the uh, basically progress over perfectionism? Right, like perfectionism and trying to get it perfectly right in anything you do is basically the enemy of progress. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it I think it can be. I guess I've always struggled personally with, with being like very very I know that's why I'm asking you. I will spend, you know, forty minutes up in the top left corner of a thumbnail messing around. But I've always struggled with the concept of starting with an MVP, like what is it, minimum viable product. Okay. Just so starting with something at that level. I wanted to start a little bit above that, but it's it's all about listening to your audience. It's mm. all about listening to your audience, engaging with them in the comments, building a community, find out what they want. And as long as that matches up with with how we play, how we play and we can practice what we preach, then yeah. Out. All right. Let's um let's take another like seven or eight minutes here to finish talking about our running back rankings discussion. Right. And then we'll save a good chunk of time uh, to talk about YouTube and and vertical video on TikTok and content creation, all the stuff that you and I um, nerd out over okay yeah. and it's, um all right so by the way how does uh the, the, everything looks fine freeze frame you didn't see any picture glitches here right clay i haven't seen okay. anything yeah yeah okay good. good good i thought i saw somebody in the comments say something but no we're we're good uh, i didn't see anything either all right moving along here running back rankings um a couple guys i want to ask you about are you basically off of Tony Pollard because you mentioned him earlier. Right now, that like the the general market has him as a top twenty ish running back. Yeah, I, I don't believe the Cowboys are 
going to have him back. I mean, even if they do at this point, they're certainly going to be drafting another running back, right? Like, they're one of the favorites to take RB1 in this class around pick 50. Um, what do you think? Or do you, By the way, you mentioned it before. Maybe that helps Tony yeah. Pollard. What do you think? Tony Pollard couldn't be. He was always uh, acquired for a fake first, I call it. Like, oh, yeah, get a first for Tony Pollard. Nobody was paying that. You mentioned before that Pollard was, you could have him for a second at any point. No one did that. So in this range right here, Pollard, is he someone that we should be acquiring? Or because the way you structure your teams, Clay, you said this is the this is the land that you shop in. Yeah, no, he's, as long as he's priced like that, price not like, I, I guess, picture your sleeper roster. Mm-hmm. If he's in the one or two spot, that's that's not. Okay, so that that's either where I want him or I hope him to be priced like he's down in a flex spot, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Uh, but like, yeah, but he's, he he can put on yeah he can put up a bunch of points too. Maybe, maybe he's in a situation where he's not you know the bell cow quote unquote. Although you don't really find that these days in a couple spots. Insert Najee Harris, uh, Kyra Witt. But yeah, man, I I would pay I would pay two seconds for him. I would okay. pay two seconds. I. As long as the first one is, you know, like 204-ish. Right. So what if now you're talking, forget picks. Nobody wants to move their their beloved picks right now. What if if uh, if somebody said to you, hey, uh, I'll give you Tony Pollard, but I want someone like who's like a depressed asset from last year, like Christian Watson, who's now still a top 40 wide receiver. Would you do something like that? And let's say that Pollard l- ends up in a spot that you like. Yeah, bye-bye-bye. Yeah. Let's let's find another one. I'm I'm about the biggest Christian Watson hater. Uh, How about Jamison Williams? Oh, bye bye. <laughs> he's another one. No, uh, what else we got? So, Terry McLaurin, someone that's maybe a little. He's he's an older. He's 28. Uh, going to be 29 right. next year. Okay, yeah, but that's a fair I, one, right? Require. I would require. How about this? Like, uh, he's maybe a little bit behind Jaden Reed, but who's another? Who's another player right around there? I don't know. I mean, George Pickens. I mean, you have, uh, you know, uh, I mean, now you're getting into the assets. Where, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and this, this again comes down to my RB room and also the amount of starters and all. I, I guess I, I don't have enough of him anymore. I, I yeah. so he was my boy and I sold off a bunch and I haven't seen him moved again. So I don't have a good beat on his market. Yeah. What I think is really the, the takeaway from this, Clay, is that RB20, is probably equal to wide receiver 40. Like, yeah, yeah, right. Like you said Pickens, like he was one that I was like, eh, but no, no, I, I want I want a player that can pop and you can see the narrative for Pickens for sure. Yeah, well, Pickens is- That's will always have insulation. Yeah, Pick, Pickens is like wide receiver 30, man. So um, yeah. yeah, when you're making these trades, I mean, I think that these, we always talk about trades in, in terms of picks- but we forget to talk about trades in terms of and value exchanges in terms of cross positional because fantasy football is hard to trade. Think about redraft. Almost no trades happen in redraft. And the reason is because you need to have a surplus of running back for someone else that has a surplus of wide receiver. In single quarterback leagues, you can always find Ryan Tannehill, Derek Carr in the waiver wire. Right. And in Superflex leagues, nobody has enough depth to to trade a quarterback in a redraft league, right? So you know, very few times, you, you, maybe you'll hit on two tight ends. You have David and Joko and Sam Laporta on the same yeah. team, and then you could right. do it. But for the most part, you got to find where the sweet spot is of running back versus wide receiver. And I think we outlined here today: if wide receiver thirty-five is equal to RB seventeen, then wide receiver is indeed more valuable. Yeah, love it. Okay, all right. 
Um, so final couple guys at the end here um, that I want to ask you about before we move on to our content creation discussion is the old guys, right? So if you're a team, then you've loaded up on the young wide receivers. You have, you know, you have Chris Olave, Jalen Waddle, Tank Dell. You're rolling those guys out. You're okay at wide receiver. You're satisfied at quarterback, and you're just hunting now for some players. Now, you don't have to name specific players, but is this the year, right? I mean, in the past years, it was like a Leonard yeah. Fournette type to go big game hunting and use your late first as a contender, your 111, 112, to go get overpay for Derrick Henry or DeAndre Swift if he ends up in a nice spot, or even Saquon Barkley if you want to go up. Is this the year to, you know, to strategize that way? Uh, so let's let's say it this way: the twenty-five running back class is supposed to be a monster, right? So so if you can time it, if for one, let's say you're rebuilding. Don't worry about running back right now. Instead, try to get you some 25 firsts and, and some early seconds, things like that. So, but if you're a contender is what you said, I were totally, I'm totally open to it. I'm totally open to it. A first is tough though. Giving up a first for one of those guys. So if we're talking about like a 204 or something for Derrick Henry, then mm-hmm. sure. But I've been trying so hard, Alan. And again, I, I, I want to actually use my eyeballs and look at film room stuff this year. But I think I want to take a lot of shots on these guys. <laughs> I say that like it's different. That's what we always do with our second round picks. I just take like six running backs. You right. Know? Right. But uh, you end up with a Tyler Algier. You yeah. end up with so Tajay Spears. It's, it's not the year if, well, you asked if we're buying vets. Alan, I'm open to everything because yeah, like they, vets are really cheap right now. So if you can get, Eckler's another one that, that I'm, I've got a lot of question marks on, but if you can get those types for, yeah, like a mid second, as long as you're being paid March 1st prices for your picks and you're not paying September prices for the vet running backs. That's a, you know what, that's actually, I want to underline that point and what, I think Clay means is that is that let's say Austin Eckler lands in a spot we like. Let's say he's back with the Chargers again, right? And he's the the lead running back, and he rips off three one hundred yard games with scores in weeks one, two, three. You can get behind paying what's going to be a late first for him then, right? Or not that you specifically, but that's sure, sure. Uh, that's uh, September pricing. March pricing is we don't know what damn team he's going to be on. We don't know if he's going to get hurt. He's twenty nine years old. You can't pay that price now. So I think that's what you mean right there. And I think that's very important when you're talking about buying vets. Yeah. Um, if you're going to go ahead. No, no, for sure. And and it's also about priority too. Like when you look at your team, what am I going to do here? We get lots of questions from the, from our awesome community. And it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about kind of retooling a bit, looking to tear down off of, off of my homes. And it's like, whoa, whoa. first off, that is my last priority. When I look at a team, unless I am, taking it down to the studs and yeah i do need to split these elite quarterback assets that we preach get you them right so sometimes there are instances but do you need to focus on a running back right now we're way away from setting lineups instead it's more so can i take that second rounder and attach it to a wide receiver for a better wide receiver or do i need to make a pivot to a better tight end or or move up alan into the first can you get into that 107-ish, 108 tier? So, yeah. all 
All right, couple lightning round questions here, and uh, we'll just make these short because I want to go into, I want to save time for uh, our content creation discussion. Um, if RB1, we don't know who it's going to be in this rookie class, is drafted to a spot we like, let's call it Dallas, right? And it's the first running back off the board in the second round I'm talking about. Where will, in all likelihood, that player get drafted in most Superflex rookie drafts? Yeah, so... I mean, our our mocks, and you can see them on our channel, the mannequin show ones. There's not a there's not a running back taken until like the earlier mid second, but that's not how it's going to be. We we all know it's going to happen, especially in casual leagues where I guess the running back could get up there. I mean, man, a, a Dunze level for for some if if they need if they need a running back. Everybody needs a running back. Everybody, yeah, yeah, yeah right. Everybody has can running backs. Yep, but. Yeah, it, up in that up in that range, John. I think 108, 109. Right. No, yeah, maybe, I, maybe earlier. Jonathan Brooks, you know, he gets yeah. If he's there again, hook him. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's what I think. Do you agree? Like kind of. Oh, 100 percent. I was Devin. I'm even going to take this a step further and say this is not even going to be a choice. You're going to take RB one on in a good landing spot over uh, Roma Dunze over wide receiver three. Right. I like. You're even going to start considering that over QB four, right? JJ McCarthy. Let's say that. Let's say Seattle drafts JJ McCarthy, and you know it's like he's not starting day one, but he could be by game four, by game seven, you know, or next year. I, I think that people need running backs, and the chance sure. to take RB one, maybe you won't take him over the elite wide receivers and the day one starting QBs, or you know, you're going to have a decision with Brock Bowers, right? RB one or Brock Bowers, right? Like that's depending on format. So I'm more. Um, I just know I know what these rooms get like when everyone needs running yeah. back. You can't trade yeah. for a running back unless it's a, a can, like you call them. <laughs> so when you have a chance to take a twenty-year-old running back fresh in a rookie draft, you just do it. Right. It, it's just a matter if if you want to try to try to hit on that player, or if you want to take a bunch of shots. Okay. So I, I also could see taking twenty-five seconds and moving moving up into the up into the twenty-fourth. A lot of it's sagging too, Alan. Like the leagues we plan, it's our it's our Discord members, our Patreon like listener leagues. They you know hear us talk. Like there's no there's no uh, question about how we play. But sometimes you got to zag. I, yep. I've zagged in three of the four listener leagues. What's the biggest mistake that you see? Because you guys get thousands of questions every time you do a live stream. They're trade questions, but what do you see? Just strategy-wise, structurally, within those trades is the biggest mistake that people make, even experienced players, when making these trades. I think with the experienced players, lots of times you'll see, do I need to make this move kind of stuff. Like, And you can tell an experienced player more if, if there's like a PPC or if it's a start 11 or above. You can kind of, yeah, you can figure that out. And I guess with the more casual players... I think it's too much of a focus on making your starting roster look awesome now. Mm-hmm. And then also, yeah, just, just having misaligned timelines uh, when when you're competing, when you're not, when you should buy running backs, today's topics. I'd say it's just, it's awareness on format and then also a timing and structure of deals, not doing these you know lateral moves, running back to running back. Uh, or wide receiver to wide receiver, unless you're creating a stack. Maybe that's a different story. But yeah, hopefully, hopefully that answered your. your oh, absolutely. Generally. Yeah, yeah. 
making trades just to make trades a lot yeah. of times, right? Yeah. Just because, I mean, I have a lot of- new- another one too, but go ahead. No, yeah. So uh, too big of trades, too big of trades. You see four plus pieces on either side, or there's four elite pieces in the deal. What does everybody want? What does everybody want? Let's slim this down. I look at some trades, we put it up and it's like, I wouldn't even do this, first of all. So how do we clean this up? Yeah. Yep. Um, our our buddy Mike over at South Harmon always says like when there's yeah. too many pieces in a trade, it's like you have the and even if you put like you just throw in like your bad, your ugly pieces at the end, it's like you open up this beautiful pizza pie, pepperoni pie, and there's one little hair on it. And it makes you not want to eat the whole pizza, right? <laughs> I heard him say that. Yeah. Oh, I love that line. It's so true because sometimes I'm like, oh, okay, the uh, Josh Allen's in this trade. Oh, wait, 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 hold on. It's like you know all your your crap that nobody wants at the end of this. Ugh, I mean, just I did delete. I don't even. I don't have time. It's too much of a headache to go. <laughs> I love that. It, yep. All right. Um, let's change topics a little bit. So, by the way, that was a a full running back rankings discussion. You could see our running back rankings over at Rotowires. Go to rotowire.com forward slash pod pod. Put your email, paywall, and locks for two days. No credit card to put in. Nothing like that. All right. Uh, Clay and I share a passion for content creating, podcasting. Start with, you know, this is the 10,000-foot view. For anyone that wants to get into fantasy football podcasting, or maybe you love cooking and, you you know, it's a great way to market your baking business or, you know, any sports or workout stuff, what is the most important platform to be on if you have to pick one? And then we'll expand that conversation out. If I had to pick one, it would be YouTube because that is the best spot to build community. And our two pillars, content and community. That's one and two. And then third is cash flow, right? No, but content and community. Explain why community is important. For Okay, so let's talk algorithmic reasons, first of all. So just the fact that there's comments and engagements that YouTube likes that. Obviously, YouTube's trying to keep you on the platform. They're trying to serve you the the best fit, the most relevant videos based on your preferences and what you've shown to give the thumbs up and comment on, right? Just think about it. That that algorithm is super smart. There's that aspect of it, but it's also just the community gets to where they're helping each other down there. Mm-hmm. And let's let's say it's a short form piece, Alan. Let's say it's a YouTube short and people are down there in in the comments. That's YouTube short means ripping in in the background. Yeah, a vertical a, a video, sixty second. Yeah, yeah, that thing is just playing and playing and playing in the background. Same with TikTok and Instagram. So when you have conversations going in there, you've yep. got your audience retention over a hundred one hundred and fifty percent. Then you yep. likes it. So right. that's the algorithmic. And I guess your question, platform wise, yeah, YouTube building the building the community, and I think. I think where I think where content is going and, and I think why we're we're leveraged well is it's gonna be more conversational. Not this, not this rigid stuff. It's gonna be less heavy editing, more so just a conversation and long form. Everybody's all about short form content and I definitely I wish I had gotten into YouTube shorts so much earlier, Alan. We were on TikTok and Instagram slamming. I've done four hundred reels now. But we relate to YouTube Shorts. They have a fantastic role in our growth because YouTube pushes those out to a different audience. I right? want to just I want to interrupt yeah. you for a second. YouTube Shorts for anyone just watching them sure. is is like when you're when you're thumb scrolling on YouTube and you have those vertical videos you're watching on your phone. Those are called YouTube Shorts. They're very similar to like Instagram Reels, Facebook Reels, and if you're on TikTok, it's the same thing. Whereas traditional yeah. YouTube is like the horizontal video 
where you're watching, you know, a, a longer form video. And so you yeah. you were just saying, Clay, that you wish you had started making content that was more short, vertical, sooner. Why? What benefit does you, of the short form play? Is it more of like the decoration of the cake, the little sprinkles on top, or you could think it's like the basis of the cake? Like, is that how, how does that all work out in conjunction with your long form? So it's really easy for people to binge watch when it shorts. And I did a poll on Twitter and asked where people consume their vertical video, their short form content and YouTube shorts is, is growing. And it's funny because the exact opposite, uh, watching, watching content on TV is growing massively. Mm -hmm. So, but, but yeah, I think in terms of me wanting, wishing I had done it earlier, YouTube shorts, think of TikTok like this too. It just pushes it to a broader audience. Whereas with your long form content, it does a lot of testing of your existing subscriber base first. The viewers on the short form content oftentimes are new viewers. It's a new batch of eyeballs. And then the play comes, okay, how do we convert them to long form? Or what is my, what is my sale? Always be closing, right? What, what's the, what's the call to action? And now that we do these five minute trade shows again, there's some strategy of moving people from short form. Hey, do I kick them to a mid form, like a a five minute, six minute, or do I try to kick them to a live stream? So it's just easy way to say it is it's additional reach. It's a larger audience and you can chop up your long form content anyway, spit it everywhere. And yeah. Yeah. So I I agree with you here is that that short form vertical thumb scrolling is the top of the sales funnel. Right in a sense, yes, it, it, 100% on. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. And that'll that's like your that's your spray, your hose, your your machine gun fire. And if someone likes it, they're going to subscribe to your longer form content where they're going to become more of your community. And then from there, you get them. You you could sell products, right? Once they've earned your trust right. and they're engaged exactly. and they love good content, you can get them to sign up for your Patreon or your your, your services. And 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 that's really another thing is that um I. I that that whole like product versus like services thing, right? Uh, yeah. That's not talked about too much. Whereas, and I heard um, uh, our guy uh, John Luke talk about this one time, uh, and he was talking about like product versus service, where product is something that doesn't even require your time over time, and yeah. it, and service actually you have to go and serve. Like when you're doing YouTube videos, like you have to serve, you have to put it in the time, you have to edit. Right. But if you're selling a a draft kit or in your case you're selling it and then every they do the rest yeah yeah totally so what kind of products like when do you think is the right time to go from service content to product i i think we could have i think part of the reason we gained the the respect and, and built such an organic strong community is that we weren't salesy at first not even asking for people to subscribe literally going no intro no outro for the longest time, we literally would just cut it off at five minutes and 59 seconds, or even the ones that we would just cut it off at 16 minutes and 30 seconds, mid-thought, always trying to get them to go to the end of the video. So we could have monetized more quickly by asking our, our community to buy us shirts or to, to join a Patreon. I was just, I'm very protective over our YouTube subscribers. And I'm also trying to respect that people are in different parts of their lives. With that being said, we have started like more aggressively pushing, uh, you know, Patreon. And we also have a lot of affiliate partners and we're opening our mouths and saying it now. 
But it's not, you shouldn't be, it's not shameful. No, yeah. And, and you know what? The, our, our community is reacting in positive fashion and they respect the fact that we need to monetize if we want to keep this thing going and keep putting out more content. So, so yeah. And I think, what was I going to say to, oh, and we make sure that everything we quote unquote pitch or promote, we are users, you know, we've earned that respect. So we are only going to recommend something that we would that we would yeah. use ourselves or that we use ourselves already. So, so in, until you get a, a big offer from some like uh, sugar filled candy that you don't even, if, if somebody wants to throw it yet, like that email that I, <laughs> the tweet that I sent out the other day, getting the email from the, from the toilet manufacturer and they did some digging, found out that we're the best fit in terms of YouTube channels <laughs> to promote <laughs> a bidet, like an inline bidet. I, but I would use a bidet. With, like I yeah. countered with, like their Cadillac of toilets and we'll see, we'll see what happens. One One question that we get a lot of content questions on is optimal length of YouTube videos. If you're going to go, if you're getting into the YouTube game or you've been doing it for a while and you haven't had much success is the correct amount of time to do. Is it a live video? Is it an edited video where you upload it Um, five minutes, 15 minutes, an hour? So I know there's, there's no tried and true and you have to have like a little bit of everything, but when you get asked that question, what's the optimal length and live versus edit? How do you answer that? I, I guess the number that comes to mind, it, I'll, I'll first say the number and then I'll talk about it. But I like to have videos like take our mannequin chills, for example, which is Scott and Shane, and they smash those. And I do, or my editor and myself, we fully edit those, make them really cool. But those tend to range kind of in the 16 minute to 22-ish mark. I, I I like that, you know, anything, let's call it 18 minutes, short form content. So YouTube shorts, TikToks, Instagram reels. I like them in the, in the 35 second range. Most, yep. I, I wouldn't say most, but 25% of them, we use all 59 seconds, 59.9 seconds, but. Well, it, then, TikTok, you can yeah. go up to 10 minutes. Oh yeah, true, true. You can go long. You can go a long time on TikTok. We TikTok. don't have to do anything on under over a minute. Yeah, TikTok's trying to become YouTube, and YouTube's trying to become TikTok. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. You know, uh, YouTube yeah. now has the the short for you know the, th- the sixty second shorts, and their tr- TikTok is now allowing you to do ten minute videos. Which, by the way, yeah, if you want, they're I don't know, you- actually, yeah, I mean, I don't know if you've messed with it, but but it's kind of convenient because you can literally like from our mock draft. Uh, shows, for example, on Mannequin Chill, I can just, if I want to, 101, 102, 103, just space it out. People are watching the wides, and it's actually not tough to consume now. You, you press the button to expand, flip it over, boom. Yeah, the that's- captioning's a different story. That's where I don't even mess with that. People can do their auto-caption things. I don't care. Turn on the volume for this one. Yeah, I mean, if I'm going to do vertical video, and I think captioning is now, it's not like a luxury, it's like expected, right? When you're doing- Redelivery. Yeah. And and by the way, it's beca- that all started because when you're f- uh, thumbing through uh, Facebook and Instagram meta properties, the volume would default to off. So people would, they said like 85% of people yeah. or something like that would watch with no sound. So captions there. With TikTok, the volume defaults on, same thing with YouTube as well. Yep. Yeah. yeah. No. So uh, I, I think the most important thing is the. So I think it's volume. I think it's definitely volume, but it's always focusing on the content first. Can you make the content better each time? Always be thinking about the holy grail that's audience retention. 
does the person make it from the start to the end? Right. Where were their dips? That's how trust the data, look at the data, um, listen to the data. And yeah, but always be thinking like we've talked about this before, Alan, but short form content, when you're thumb scrolling on a YouTube short, you better come out hot with graphics, like longer stuff going. There's got to be a hook super fast. So every yeah, three to four seconds. I've tried to to um, advise, to counsel our Rotowire guys, and and they, to, to their credit, man, they listen. Because in the beginning, it was a lot of, hi, I'm John Smith, and today, I know it's like, no, no, don't bore us, hit us with the chorus, right? I mean, you know, people in, in at yeah. concerts, right? They sit around, someone's doing the verse, and then all of a sudden the chorus comes on and everyone comes alive, right? Yeah, yeah. Bring it in. Yep. And, you know, yep. there's, and there's tried and true sort of... Um, Let's call them clickbaity hooks, but they work, right? So uh, sometimes you have to use them. Uh, the other thing is creator tools. I get asked this all the time. Yeah, first yeah. thing is first, what sure. video editor should I use? Now, I know this is all personal preference, but let's you know assume that someone's not going to go get the pay the $600 a year for the suite of uh, Adobe tools. What's a editor tool that you think is simple enough and cheap enough that someone that's either doing this uh, that hasn't had much momentum or is new to the game? Yeah, that was going to be my question is how far along are they? Are they all in? Are, are they trying to like... One to two years yeah. in. One to one two years in. Okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, an, an easy one, but I stopped using it. Honestly, need to cancel the subscription is TubeBuddy. TubeBuddy will, will help you out at first, give you... What is idea. it? Yeah. Yeah, so TubeBuddy is a browser extension and you can sign up for it easily. And I, I think it's relatively cheap. The intro is like sub 10. If you pay for their... What does it do? So yeah, you can have a keyword explorer. So you're like, in our case, how do we look on Dynasty Football 2024? You can have a weighted and unweighted score. So unweighted is just looking at like the search volume, uh, how, yeah, the search volume, all that good stuff on those keywords. The weighted is looking at you versus how do you compare to the, on those keywords, but don't focus on keywords. That's yeah. that's why that's why this two buddy stuff. I think it's I think it's totally fine. There's also default things where you can have it throw your tags in and all. But how about just like an editor, straight up like video editor? Someone's like yeah. editing their own videos. What's like a simple enough tool that they could use where they can actually edit their own videos? Yeah, you, you get the data for data editor, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, no, it's cool. No, so I've I still use Canva, Alan. I still use Canva too. for my for my stuff and it's just it's getting better it's enough i don't like how you can't though cut below 0.1 you can only cut by a tenth of a second that needs to be that needs to be a hundred what do you think about canvas uh editing changes to their their uh picture stuff it's hard i'm not sure i like love that the new updates where you have to you know what i'm talking about like canva has yeah editing stuff now yes 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 and stuff it keeps making you open like new tabs and stuff, but yes. yeah, Canva, Canva is, uh, is good, good entry yep. level. I haven't messed with the, I, I have messed with, uh, Adobe Premiere Pro, Yep. but I've found expensive. that, yeah, it is expensive. It is expensive. You also have what Final Cut Pro, but I found, I think the best decision I made was to hire an editor. You can find them cheap on Upwork or. Yeah, you, you can you can find editors who can do what you're doing ten times faster, and it's fairly reasonable in terms of price. Okay, 
But so, yeah, so yeah, the, the one I use is called ScreenFlow, right? Yeah. And I use Adobe as well, so those are good. And then iMovie is free. That's how I started. iMovie works great. So, um, all right. And then, uh, but you started talking about TubeBuddy. What's one tool um, that for for content creation that you just can't live without? Is it Canva? It's honestly, it's it's Canva because I yeah. still am very protective over like the final product. I like to load it in. Uh, on Canva, I add in music from here and there, sound effects, have fun with it, put my final touch. So I wasn't using tons in the in the way of automation and these uh, Opus AI taking your long form and cutting it into clips. Like that's fine. They point out good spots. Okay, you know, th- this it's okay. It, it can point you to a direction. But I just listen to our long form content. It's not like I'm vain. But after we stream, and even if I'm driving, I look down at my phone, just quick screenshot, quick screenshot of it. Okay, this was a perfect spot to send to my editor again. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I I got off topic again. No, no, that's not actually that's quite on topic here, um, because you have one of the tools you're talking about, Opus AI, which is an AI video cutter. We use it also, yeah. but again, I'll put in a, a long form thing on on Opus AI, and it'll spit out 16 clips. Three of them are used. Yeah, yeah, right, right. And I still have to do massaging to the clips. I, you know, I have to put, you know, this different elements yeah. in there. So, but it does. It's not that anyone who said AI is going to replace video editors. No, it's just going to make the process a little easier. It's like when the the farmer got a tractor. He's not out there all day hoeing yeah, with yeah. his hand. He now has a machine to do his work. So his or her work. So. I, I do recommend chat GPT though. I started getting more heavy into it. That was one of my new year's resolutions was to bring AI into my life to hopefully simplify it. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, using it for video descriptions. It's yeah. If you haven't used chat GPT or you haven't really given it a fair shot, you can, you know, you want to have those first couple hundred characters be you. And you what do you use it for? What do you use chat GPT for? for descriptions i use it for a way just to clean things up pop something in there uh to clean up and bullet out some thoughts but i also got to where i'm now dumping the transcripts so i download the transcripts from the videos and the live streams i dump it into chat gpt and it's like okay digest this for our next conversation interesting yeah and you can find curse words um oh okay there you go why do you try to take your curse words out no, Shane always drops an f bomb or two every uh, every show, but it's but it's fine. It's you, not going to hurt our monetization. Yeah, YouTube is not penalizing for as long as you're not doing if it's you mark the thing not for children. Like if yeah. you tick that button, which we do, right? It's it's uh, you can they used to demonetize and yeah uh, depress for cursing, but that's how people talk. You know, I mean, if you listen to any of the best podcasts, the Joe Rogan or the biggest podcast, Joe Rogan. I mean, any of them. They're just talking like human beings, and that's why they're so successful. Yeah, and it's like, if you're going to say the F word, then, okay, you, you do it. We have to keep you on our platform, so we're going to loosen up yep. the profanity and write some fancy window dressing explanation for it. And you and I are, like, algorithm chasers. I know that. Like, again, it's not, we're, we're not doing what the algorithm wants, but we're using it as a guide on how to deliver our content. But here's the golden rule that I always tell anybody that's yeah. making content in anything. It's that good content wins, meaning, like, it doesn't matter. We're not in the days anymore. We, we love followers, right? We love having followers. It's a nice vanity metric, as I call it. But we're in the time now where a person with 400 followers can get a million views. 
Sure. Like good content is going to get pushed. So if the if the if you're not getting the viewership, the engagement that you want, it doesn't necessarily mean it's bad content, but there's a way to to pivot. And if you're starved for content ideas, it's okay to look at some of your favorite creators that are doing well and then kind of repurpose that as well. Because most most people ask me, they say, where should I start? You know, and like, uh, you know, because everyone's always doing, like you said, buys and sells, right? Like yeah. do buys and sells. There's nothing wrong. Just get the reps in, do something that you love and good content will get elevated. It doesn't matter follower count anymore. Uh, there was a, um, you know, uh, there was a point on uh, TikTok where, you know, in our first hundred followers, we were getting hundred thousand views on videos that were good. And then yeah. now that we're, I think in the 15,000 uh, follower range, there's videos that I put out there that are okay. That sometimes the, the algorithm tells me, Here, here's your 190 views for you. Get the hell yeah, out of here. Yeah. Video sucked. <laughs> no, yeah. Content content is king. And if you can marry, I guess, make it cool every seven seconds in long form, let's say, which, which YouTube, which is our attention span in long form. Yes, like approach the algorithm, make the content cool around the algorithm, essentially is what I'm getting at. Okay, you need me to do something cool in seven seconds, you got it. <laughs> so, I mean, test and test, test, yeah. test, test, everything. What, See what, what Clay's talking about, he's talking about like pattern interrupts, right? I mean, if you look at some of your favorite and most engaging videos, whether TikTok, every three to five, seven seconds, there's a pattern interrupt, something else is happening. That could just be a slight zoom in. And again, we're getting into the nuances of, of, uh, video editing and things like that but i think like a good starting point for most people is just start making the videos that you love about things you like and it's look if you're not looking back at your content you made a year ago and getting the douche chills you you didn't grow up right if you love the stuff you did a year ago you didn't grow up right i i look back at some of the stuff from two three i cringe you know i i can't voice, even look at it yeah. exactly yeah it's it's just like it's so funny like we we can't hear our voice on tape right we hate our voice on tape we uh we can't stand what we look like, but meanwhile, when we look at someone shows you a photograph or you see a photograph online on Facebook on Instagram that you and your buddies, who's the first person you look at? Yourself, of course, of yep. course, yep. so funny. Yep. <laughs> All right, buddy. You know I adore you, Clay Mosley. Uh, I, like I want everyone to go follow. I want everyone to go follow you as I do at Trades in Five. Right, that's the main Twitter that we're promoting yes. today. At Trades, I am the number five. That's where it's like a hub for everything that you're promoting, but. Obviously, you're the crown jewel of your empire. I'm going to call it that. Is <laughs> trades and five? Yeah, your words, not mine, but I'll take it. Is your YouTube channel? Um, you should be subscribed to that if you love dynasty fantasy football, or if you love content creation. Clay is starting starting to do some stuff like there. Um, anything else that? What's the most important thing that I didn't mention? You want to let everybody know about? Yeah, I, I would say I just I've got a passion for content creation, and it doesn't have to be in the football space. And I love. Uh, I, I found out that what I love to do is community involved and and I make I'm a happier person when I'm helping people. So buymeacoffee.com slash uh dynasty creator. Dynasty creator. Tip me something, buy me a coffee, and I'll respond with a video, do a very, very quick YouTube channel audit or TikTok Instagram audit. Let's have fun with that, man. I'm trying to make a living. I'm trying to grind doing what I love, Alan. So Clay, you know, I, I think you're a talented broadcaster. I'm glad we've we've become friendly. Um, I look forward to doing more stuff with you. And, you know, like I said, I have a, a lot of admiration for what you do. I know it's not easy. I know the grind. And there's no doubt in my mind that you're going to continue to be successful. So I'm glad that uh, to be 
uh, on looking on your journey as well. All right, everybody, we're going to pause right here. Uh, we'll be back next Friday with another Dynasty Fantasy Football podcast on the Rotowire YouTube stream. Go check out rotowire.com forward slash pod. Unlocks our paywall for a couple days. Subscribe to the Rotowire Dynasty Fantasy Football audio podcast. And I'll have that and all the other links we talked about in the video description below. Good luck in your dynasty leagues. And let us know who some of the running backs that we didn't talk about that you want to know where we have them ranked. We'll respond in the comments. Goodbye, everybody. Doors, doors, doors.